Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zummer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Damian Rosen about overcoming his brain injury. This episode is brought to you by the Functional Neurology Center, formerly MFNC a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are leaders in neural recovery and experienced in treating complex concussion cases with dysautonomia, vertigo, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others you can find them online at thefunctionalneurologycenter.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. My second book was recently released and received a silver medal in the Midwest Book Awards. Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can find that on Amazon. And you can learn more about me and my podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And be sure to join my Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Damian Rosen. And Damian survived a snowboarding accident at the age 13, which catapulted him into a lifelong struggle with traumatic brain injury. Through years of persistence and a relentless dedication to personal growth and leadership, Damien became a managing partner at a Miami-based software services company, growing the business to over 15,000 business clients across seven states. He is also a strategic advisor for startups that provides employee safety technology to hotels. In 2000, Damien graduated magna cum laude from Babson College and lived abroad during a one-year study program at Conan University in Kobe, Japan. He is a conversational in Spanish and remembers the days when he was comfortable communicating in Japanese. He currently lives in Miami with his fiance Yvette and Hunter, their 80-pound chocolate lab, who lounges by his desk as the office mascot. Damien enjoys yoga, Frisbee, and his ultimate passion is motorcycle riding through the mountains of Western North Carolina. So welcome to the podcast, Damien. I'm happy to have you here today. Thanks, Amy. It's uh, great to be here with you. So Damien, I'd love for you to share with us uh, a little more of your story. You know, we got a little glimpse into it in your bio, but I'd love for you to share, you know, kind of what happened when you were 13 and, um, you know, wh- where did you go from there? When I was 13, I, I woke up on a dark wintry day and went snowboarding in a local Connecticut mountain with my friend Armand. And uh, after a number of runs down the mountain and having lunch in the, in the cafe, I woke up in a hospital bed not knowing what had hit me and not knowing why I was there. I tried to make sense of it, and I was 
completely confused and really had no answers. And that was really the start of what ended up being a lifelong challenge of living with traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. So and when I when when I got out of the oh go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, you know, how long um, were you in the hospital and, you know, what, what were you told or what was your family told, I guess, because you were unconscious, you don't remember it, but what was your family told as you were in the hospital? So I was in a coma for a day and I was in two hospitals for a total of 30 days and my parents were told and my family was told that life with me would be very different. And in fact, when I got released from the second hospital, I was given a list of limitations that I'd have to live with for the rest of my life. So it was kind of like what life would be like with Damien was nothing like anyone had ever experienced with him before. Mental processing time would be slow. Communication would be slow. Grasping concepts would be slow. Never speak a second language. Can't take notes when he's in school. All these different limitations and my life has been a challenge of, of overcoming those things and living with them and living with the ones that I couldn't overcome. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you've overcome quite a few of those limitations that they hmm. said not to expect to do. Um, you know, so let's talk about some of those. I think that's always inspiring for people to hear, um, especially when they're told, oh, you'll never be able to do this or this. Yeah, well, um, the ones that stand out are taking notes in class. So all throughout high school, I was given teacher's notes. And you can imagine how envious my friends were when the teacher would just (laughs) go to the copy room and give me 90 pages of notes to study from. Uh, But when I got to college, I kind of decided, you know what, I've I've had four and a half years of, I don't want to say pity, but of support and real good support. But it was time to step up my game. So when I entered college, I... I decided to stand more on my own two feet and not depend on this traumatic brain injury story that all my professors and teachers prior to college had come to understand so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so limitation. So, so I got over that limitation in college, but I will tell you that to this day, uh, I scramble to write things down all the time when people are talking in the business world and the professional world. It's a, a constant struggle when you're having meetings and conversations and negotiations and just discussions you come up with ideas we all do and even on a phone call and a lot of the ideas that you want to talk about most people say oh when the other person finishes talking I'll just say what's on my mind but that's not really the case with me I either need to write down my ideas that I want to talk mm-hmm. about or in a number of seconds they're gone yeah you know and it's interesting that you mentioned that because that is something I notice um, with myself. I definitely have to take notes when people are talking or I won't remember what it is I want it to ask or circle back to. Um, and I think a big frustration I see amongst like caregivers and family are TBI people are interrupters. And, you know, like I can be telling you something and you're, you're going to interrupt me to tell me because I get it. I understand that you're not going to remember it unless you say it right now. And I always giggle when I'm in a room full of survivors because everybody's constantly interrupting each other. Um, and, you know, everybody just gets it. <laughs> 
Amy, if I can just interrupt you for a moment, I wanted to also <laughs> touch on the idea of <laughs> no, but you know, you ask about other things I've overcome. So, um, I've 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 lived my life as a very analytical person. So things are very logical and rational, and they always need to make sense. And I tend to be not so emotional, but um, but one thing that they said in, in my testing was I would never be able to speak a second language. And I don't know if I took that on as a subconscious challenge or if they right. were just wrong, but I did end up learning to speak uh, conversational Spanish and conversational Japanese uh, throughout my life. So sometimes the things that we're told we can't do are not really where we should set our expectations and we should keep our mind uh looking forward and not looking back at what people are telling us can't be, can't happen. Right. Right. And, and how many years ago was your injury? Funny you ask. Uh, 1991 was my snowboarding accident, which was my introduction to traumatic brain injury. However, uh, just about 12 months ago, I suffered a second traumatic brain injury in a car accident. Oh. So you can imagine how it's yeah. all been amplified and everything I had fought to get over since I was 13 is now suddenly right in the forefront of my mind. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, and, and you know, it's different when you're 13, you just keep going and you don't know any better and you're in exactly. school and you have friends and you have family around you. When you're an adult who, who already has, who already has um, word retrieval issues. No, when you're an adult who has <laughs> um, a, a history of living and you've already kind of set your personality and your ways and then you have a head injury and you have relationships and you have a job and you own a business and you do these things all of a sudden life looks very different. So it's been a real struggle since that car accident. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, But the reason I was asking was, so, you know, back in 1991, gosh, they really didn't know a ton about brain injury back then. I mean, we still don't know a ton, but we know more than we knew then. And, you know, I find it really interesting that they were so specific as to even say, you'll never learn a second language. Right. Like that just seems so specific of a, of a limitation to put on someone. Um, so I find that really fascinating. Yeah. I remember the testing and I remember, you know, them showing me a picture of a red cross and I had to say what I saw in front of me. And I said, blue cross, blue shield. And they're like, what are you talking about? This is a red cross you're looking at. And I just, my associations were off, uh-huh. but I guess that's what the testing showed. But you know, what's really interesting is I spent two weeks at the first hospital and then two weeks at the second hospital. After the first hospital, they said, all right, he's ready to go home. And he just needs some rest. And this guy pulled my mom, yeah. this, this uh, resident pulled my mom to the side and said, no way. This guy needs testing, evaluation and diagnosis he knew there was something really wrong. So yeah. thankfully he, he guided us. You know, and that's something I hear far too often too, is people are sent home like, okay, you're physically, you're fine. You can go home now. Good luck. Have a nice life. And the family is left with like, well, what do we do now? What's next? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, nothing. He's good. You can go home. And, you know, I think that's got to be incredibly frustrating to the families and, not knowing where to go next. So I'm, I'm glad that that guy did pull your family aside. You know, that was, 
that was a blessing for sure. Yeah, it was a big adaptation for most of my family. I know my mom did a lot of reading on traumatic brain injury and uh, put a lot of time into learning about how to engage or interact with someone who has traumatic brain injury. And I had a lot of support uh, from the time I was 13 moving forward from my family. And and uh, I was very accepted and encouraged to, to do everything that I could do and become. And, and, and a lot some of it was external, but a lot of it was internal. And I think that some people have drive and some people don't. And thankfully, my, my drive didn't leave. And, and I, had, I, I probably had more of it after my accident than, than, not, than before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you went on to graduate with honors. And then you lived abroad. I mean, you know, you made such great strides. And I know I've met many people who've been told, oh, they'll never even graduate high school or college. And, you know, they, they blow through that glass ceiling, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, how, how much of a struggle was college for you? I know you said, you know, you stopped um, getting teacher's notes when you went to college and all that. But, you know, how, would you say, I mean, I know you can't compare it because you don't know, but do you think you struggled more than your friends in college or do you think you kept right up with them? 100% struggled more because it's not only yeah. the processing time of taking longer to do things, but it's also the idea of understanding concepts and grasping mm-hmm. new things that you haven't been exposed to before. And it's a real challenge. And even to this day, I have trouble grasping or following stories that have more than one or two layers or following directions and or or even I recently realized like wow when people tell me stories and they use a lot of pronouns him he her me I and they refer to other people and they're just walking around the the story like that I get lost so Mm -hmm. I would say that in college I mean in high school I did two to three times as much work as much homework in terms of time as everyone that I know and I think that persisted through college but some of that created a groundwork for just a great work ethic and that's part of the reason that I know how to put my head down and just get things done or try to get things done and stick at things until they're successful Mm -hmm. so I I say that um, I say traumatic brain injury has been a blessing for me with all the struggles that I've been through I tend to tell people like if you're happy with where you are today you have to be thankful for everything that led you here good and bad relationships, good and yeah. bad experiences. And, and so I'm pretty thankful. Yeah. And, you know, you went on to have this wonderful career and you're engaged now. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's so inspiring because, you know, I think sometimes people get really depressed and it's really easy to go into that dark place and that, that why me mentality, right? And I think it's so inspiring to see people who have been able to overcome that. And like you said, you know, you put your head down and you do the work and it's not always easy. You know, I know for me, I have good days and I have bad days and bad days can really suck. And I don't know if you Mm -hmm. struggle with those. I'm sure you do. Um, You know, it's, it's all in how you look at it. And I really, I also look at my brain injury as a blessing. You know, I, I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing right now. And I'd probably right. still be struggling along doing what I didn't enjoy doing anymore. Um, 
So, yeah, you know, I, I just think it's so inspiring. And, and, you know, what, what words of wisdom do you have for people who are listening, who are just kind of struggling with what do I do next? You know, um, you know, I guess when you're 13 and have a brain injury, you don't necessarily have that. Well, I used to be able to do this and now I can't. Right. But, but you did have another injury just a year ago. So you've experienced some of that you know, the not being yes. able to do the same workload that you're doing. So what kind of advice do you have for people listening who are struggling with that right now? So I think the, the younger people who have experienced traumatic brain injury, like I did when I was 13, when you're still in that developmental phase, just expose yourself to as many people as you can and try as many different things as you can and stay committed to whatever your responsibilities are in school, on a sports team, with your family, with your friends, the more you do, the more quote unquote normal and capable you'll become. As an adult, I think that it's very important to know what your limitations are and work within them and spend as much time as you can trying to recuperate, trying to get your your mind back into a proper state and direction. Um, but I will tell you, I'm only a year out of that car accident and I'm still trying to figure out the answers for how adults with patterns and systems and lifestyles should, uh, should conduct themselves or should, should continue, should continue living and not, not continue living, but continue being and functioning. Um, I'm still searching for that. I, I will say that I've stayed committed to what I've been doing, what I did before the accident, but I continuously know that the more people I meet and the more people I talk to creates more opportunities and, and more um, awareness of the world. So I think travel is really good because it gets your mind into different state, different mindsets, and you can see new cultures and new people. Um, but I would also say that in this day and age in 1991, I think my mom had to go to the library to read books about TBI. Now you just go on Instagram and you read everyone's story and you can, with social media, you can read and read and read. And every day there's a new catastrophic story, just like driving down the highway. There's another catastrophic accident virtually every day because people are texting and driving and this and that. But I think sometimes you got to step back from what everyone's showing you, whether you're a family member, a friend or a survivor yourself, step back a little bit and live life. And I think you asked me for my words of wisdom would be live life to the fullest and keep an ear out and an eye out for other people that might need help. Uh, Something I've noticed in my life is that I've had an acute awareness of other people around me that I encounter that need help. Um, You know, I, I tell a story of stopping my car in the middle of the road to help an elderly person cross the street in traffic or helping a blind person through a crowded train station, stories like this. I mean, if you don't do that, then what's the point of having survived TBI to begin with? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, you know, wonderful point. And I think, you know, people far too often, and, and, you know, and there is, there's a grieving process after an injury and there's a grieving process you have to go through, um, of the old you, you know, what you used to be able to do. But at some point you really do have to shift your perspective and, okay, I survived this. What's, 
what's my next mission? What, what am I meant to do now? Right. And find it and do it. Yeah. And, and yeah. And you know, it's, um, you might not be able to go back to the job that you had. And I know that that can be really sad for some people, but you know what, there might be another more incredible job out there waiting for you um, or a volunteer opportunity. Um, you know, so just always trying to find that silver lining and finding the positive in the situation. Yeah, you know, and you speak about a job, but I think it's also important for people who are able to stay at their job to realize, oh, some of the activities I enjoy might not be so relevant or might not be accessible to me anymore. For example, in my case, uh, I enjoy motorcycle riding. And since this car accident, I haven't been able to get on a motorcycle and I don't know when I, when I will be able to, or if I will be able to again, but I swim and I do yoga and I try to improve my back and, and my mind and my eyes and try to try to balance it out. And I think that there's always something else you can do, even if it's not mm-hmm. what you thought was your favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you mentioned finding hobbies and finding something that you enjoy doing. And, you know, for me too, it's also yoga and um, I'm not able to do yoga the same way that I used to, um, but that's the beauty of yoga that you can adapt it, right? And you can do smaller poses or, you know, just modify it to fit how you're feeling in the moment, Um, you know, and I used to love hiking. Um, and now hiking is really challenging for me. So I find like flat walking paths, right. And just getting out and walking. Um, cause the actual hiking part of it was too strenuous for me, but I can walk, I can still get out and walk. So, um, you know, just adapting it a little differently and still finding yeah, joy that, in it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that, that you have adapted I was going to interrupt you and say, wow, a great adaptation. And then you, you said, yeah, you've adapted. So uh, good thing I held that one in. You know, you asked a, a little bit about my story and a little bit about my words of wisdom. And um, you might be aware of this. I think you are. I gave a talk on traumatic brain injury a few months ago, and it was recorded. And I would invite anyone listening. Well, before I – I would invite anyone listening to this to also listen to my – speech that I presented on traumatic brain injury, I think that what's been gratifying for me about having given that speech was not only proving to myself, wow, I can prepare, I can prepare something so quote unquote complex. And I had 30 things I had to remember to talk about. And each of those 30 things was a paragraph of its own. So it's kind of like if someone stutters, but then they go up and they give a public speech without stuttering, you give them a lot of accolades. I I kind of did a similar thing with talking about these 30 points over the course of uh, 30 or so minutes. So I would invite anyone to go to YouTube and search for my name, Damian Rosen, and then just write TBI or traumatic brain injury, and it should come up. Um, but, But what's been gratifying, so that was gratifying to me personally to accomplish that. And it gave me this renewed feeling of, wow, what else can I accomplish now? Because it had been kind of quite a while since I've accomplished something so tangible. Um, but also, the thousands of people who have watched it, they say things like, Damien, that was so inspirational. And if every person describes it as inspirational. 
And I never knew that that would be the one word that people would latch onto when describing my speech, but it's, uh, it's gratifying and nice to know yeah. that, wow, I'm really impacting people. Kind of like you, Amy, yeah. with what, with your, with your podcasts and with your, your books and with all the, with all of your efforts, you're really impacting people. Yeah. Impact thank you. Underrated. And, you know, congratulations on your speech. I know it can be really, you know, people without a brain injury struggle to give a speech, right? Um, so right. That's, that's fantastic. That's, that's a really great achievement. Congratulations. So, Damien, we're you. just about out of time. And I want to just wrap up with, you know, is there any final thoughts you have for our listener that, that you'd like to leave them with today? Well, I think we've touched on, I think all the thoughts that we touched about, touched on during the last 25 minutes or so are, are the words of wisdom and the final messages. So I think everything is a final message and uh, don't be swayed by what people tell you uh, and think, think for yourself sometimes, because sometimes when you put yourself first and you think for yourself, instinctively, more often than not, you'll do the right thing. Mm, yeah, I love that. That's a great final thought. Thank you, Damien. Um, it's been great having you here today. Thank you for sharing your time with our listeners. And thank you, Amy. My pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And just a reminder, you can always find all of our past episodes at facesoftbi.com. And just a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And don't forget to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. And just another big thank you to the Functional Neurology Center. You can find them online at thefunctionalneurologycenter.com. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you again next time.